Last time on Leighton Legends. G. Trouble in Renlin. Return at all haste. Gone to find M. And then assigned MD. Alright, so Val, I will offer you 30 years of service in exchange for transport and a clearance of your debts. Okay, everybody in! Alright, I will enter the closet willingly. The room around you disappears. You're surrounded by blackness. You can see a glowing light speeding towards you. I'll see you later, boys. Good luck. Thank you for your help, Thanks, Hans. Hans. Bye, bye, Hans. I'm sure, we'll be in touch. We should probably get to the garrison right away, guys. Yes, I concur. It's a good idea. Yep. Double time. Yeah, and then and then if you have some time, uh, locate Martin. Mordecai, you're walking down the street, and you're not really phased by any of this. Val and Giovanni, you see Mordecai walk past what looks like a hermit, a beggar on the street. You see that he's asleep. Okay. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to another episode of Late in Legends. Last week, the three of you finally made your way back to Renlin after a mini-adventure in Nardini and Hans transporting you back. You have now entered Renlin, and where we left off last time, the three of you were walking the street on your way back to the garrison, and Mordecai passed a homeless man on the street, and Val, Giovanni, you guys recognized that this guy was asleep. In fact, you recognized that just about everybody on the street was asleep. There were people all around just lying on the ground, passed out. And now, over to you guys. What's the holdup, guys? Come on, we gotta get to the garrison. I say, and make haste. Yeah, double time it. What the hell were you looking at? Uh-huh. What, are you guys just not going to acknowledge that people are just sleeping in the, like, everywhere? Or oh, I, I just, like, uh, Sorry, I thought we were all just on the same page. Like, we saw the guy passed out. We need to... I didn't. Oh. Mordecai didn't. <laughs> oh, I was I was just like, trucking forwards, man. Like, oh, my God. Oh, man, I feel like your recap was not comprehensive enough, Josh. Oh, I, man, okay. <laughs> I, I missed, I'm sorry, I missed half the recap, so... <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. There's a guy on the street. He's passed out. All right. Good Lord. This man is passed out on the street. Are you all right, sir? Do you require medical assistance? Is he like standing or like slumped over or sleeping on his side? Like, what does he look like? You can see that this man is uh, pretty ragged looking. He's certainly an older gentleman, maybe in his 50s or 60s. He has a worn, torn cloak kind of covering him and ratty, dirty pants. And he's sitting down with his feet kind of huddled in front of him. And his back is leaning against the wall behind him. And he's just, his head is just kind of falling over. Can I investigate him? Sure. Uh, roll an investigation. Or check. would that be a medicine? Uh, you decide. Uh, Checking can, to see if he's alive. Yeah, can I do a medicine on him? Yep. Yeah. Uh, do a medicine check. I want to do the medicine on him. <laughs> a, I rolled a seven for medicine. Uh, you have a tough time kind of figuring out if this guy is alive or dead. How you keep is looking that for a pulse. Possible? You keep smokes. looking for a pulse, and you just can't find it anywhere. You you try his neck, you try his hands, but there's nothing there. Could any of you tell if he's alive with your magic? Yeah, just uh, one second, and I want to look around and see if anybody else in the street looks like they're in the same or a similar state as him. Okay. Could I have you roll a perception check? Oh, man. Always perception. Gotta bump that stat. 13. Okay, so looking around, you can see that, yeah, 
There are a lot of people that have just kind of slumped over in the street all around you, and they keep kind of going off into the distance down the road. People are leaned up against walls, but everybody is like laying down. They're not, no one's standing up in a sleep. People are just kind of leaning against their backs against walls. Some people are straight up just passed out in the middle of the street and so on. Okay, so they're not like petrified. They're like, asleep. can I make okay. an arcana check? Like, do- uh, you would like to make an arcana check, Val? Sorry, yeah, just to like detect for uh, magic, if at all possible. If I'm sure, Ar- uh, arcana skill checks do not check powers in the area. It relies more on your knowledge of magic. Yeah, like just okay. to detect if these guys are under a spell or perhaps a curse. I mean, he's or- seen me put people to sleep like five times now. Could I have you roll an arcana check then, Val? Sure. Yeah, that's for and Val rolls a 21. Okay, so Val, pulling into the recesses of your memory, you know that there is sleep magic out there. There's a lot of sleep-related spells. The most common one that you are familiar with, though, is the one that Mordecai frequently casts, sleep, which knocks out usually several people at once, although Mordecai mm-hmm. typically has only been uh, effective at knocking out maybe one person in a crowd. This is everybody. Everybody is knocked out here. You don't know necessarily if this is magic, but you know that magic could do this, hmm. theoretically. I knocked out six people once. Holiday episode. <laughs> Anyways. Sing on the pirate ship, too. Uh, I, I want to go over to the homeless man, and I would like to try Dispel Magic. You have that spell, Dispel Magic? I have that spell. As of my fifth level upgrade. Okay, could you tell me what Dispel Magic does? Sure. So choose one creature, object, or magical effect within range. Any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. If it's above that, I have to make an ability check to see whether I can break that spell or not. And I think it says the DC equals 10 plus the spell's level that I have to beat. So if it was like a level 3, I'd have to beat a 13. Using your spellcasting ability modifier? So it, it would be a uh, yeah. D, D20 plus 8, I guess, in this instance? Yeah. Okay, uh, well, Mordecai, I'm going to need you to make that DC check. Normal roll. I uh, made a 15. Uh, so kind of walk me through what this looks like. Okay, I'm going to go over and uh, put my hand on the homeless guy's shoulder, and I'm going to try and basically just suck the spell out of him and into myself uh, via the arcane tattoos on my arms. Interesting. Okay. So Mordecai, you go over to this homeless man. It is the homeless man that you are working on, right? Yeah. Okay, so Mordecai, you go over to the homeless man, and you kneel down, and you place your hands on either side of him, and you start to channel this wild, arcane magic inside of yourself, trying to pull apart the threads of magic that's weaving through this person in front of you. You can tell that whatever is going on on this guy is magical. Some kind of a magic has put him in this state, and you start tugging at the strands of it to try and pull it apart, to pull it into yourself, as you described. And you can start to feel that this isn't so much of a web. This isn't so much strains of magic. This is like a solid net, just threads upon threads piled on top of each other. And this guy, he doesn't wake up, Mordecai. You tried. You tried as hard as you think you've ever tried to dispel magic, although this is a fairly new skill for you. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, you are not able to tease apart these threads. Could I have you roll a charisma check? And I would like you to add your spell modifier to it. 
Okay, so my charisma is an 11. My spell modifier would be 8, so that would put me at a 19. Okay, all right. You can start to feel the magic, the threads of it latch onto your arms as you pull them into yourself, and then they just kind of fall away. Could I have you make a wild magic surge? Oh, uh, yeah. 10. Okay, so nothing happens. Oh, nice. Okay. That's really cool. uh, I'm just going to shake the guy and be like, wake up, come on! <laughs> you you kind of start throwing his body around. Uh, he does not wake up. I got nothing here, guys. I, uh, whatever it is, it's really tough. Yeah, the magic here is too strong. Yeah, man, it's like it was trying to suck me in. I think maybe we should try the garrison. You may be able to find answers there, but possibly more questions. You never know, someone might still be awake. We've got to hope. Let's, yeah, let's go. Or maybe Joel is still in a coma, and we could use some of our newfound abilities to try to wake him. Or he was in a coma, so now he's not. Yeah, whatever, let's just go to the garrison, we'll figure it out on the way. Like the puppet show 28 uh, fortnights later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the three of you start following this long road, this main road of Renlin, back to the garrison. As I mentioned last week, you're familiar with the roots of Renlin. You guys are city guards, after all, and part of your duties are patrolling. So it doesn't take you too long to kind of find familiar paths and make your way back to the garrison. All along the way, there's no noise. The same silence just outside the Hanzon that you experienced when you first entered Renlin seems to permeate the rest of the city. People are lying in the streets. There are merchants. There are commoners. People are just laying there. You can even notice the occasional Renlin city guard just laying there in the street, his arms around him. Hmm. Eventually, you do make your way back to the garrison. It's probably mid-afternoon at this point, maybe around noon, I'd say. And you enter the familiar gates that go into the Renlin garrison. You can see that there is a person sitting at the main entrance into the garrison, but they too are asleep. Mm, this doesn't bode well. I would, uh, I would like to shake that person. Okay, you shake them? Do you want to s describe to me what this looks like? Shake, shake, Wake up! Shake. I'm just grabbing them and shaking them by the shoulders. Uh, you grab them and shake them by the shoulders, but unfortunately they do not wake up. Well, I'm a lot of ideas. I already tried that. You saw me do that. You know, this guy might have just been asleep on the job, though. Uh, that... Touche. I mean, Paul is kind of a lazy worker. The city guards uh, men sleep on the job at least 58% more than the common worker. <laughs> okay. Um, who should we search out first? Should we search out Jen, Nathan, uh, Miss Black? What are you guys thinking? Uh, Jen, I would yeah. probably wager. Straight for the top? Straight to the top. I mean, part of me wants to go in and see if Nathan's asleep, just so I can rob the storehouse <laughs> a little bit for fun stuff, but... Let's go to Jen first. <laughs> I, I, if I have any sort of intuition about what's going on, I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, Captain Black had something to do with this. Oh, here we go again. Uh, is, that, is that your official hunch, Joe? Let's see if the captain's awake. Okay, so where do you go? What do you do? See if the captain's awake. Take off towards her office, I guess. It's noon. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. I was referring to Lieutenant Black earlier, not Captain Jen. I get confused them sometimes. Yep. Yeah, well, we know. I know. I usually have to fix that in post. One's an elf, one's a halfling. They both don't like you. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think that's fair. I think they both tolerate me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright, so the three of you make your way through the grounds of the garrison and you enter the main facility through what would be the front doors to the dorm area. Wait, do we you can do we actually not 
Do, do you think they actually don't like me? I mean, you started off by, like, insulting the captain when you first met her, and you've had nothing but ill will towards uh, Miss Black. So, I mean... Yeah. Oh, Miss Black, but I like, I like to think uh, me and, me and uh, Jan have sort of, like, a, a, an angry chief, police chief to, like, a not play by the rules kind of cop vibe going on. You know, like a lethal weapon kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly like a lethal weapon kind of thing. Is that not what's going on? Have I misread this entire scenario? I no no I think I think, so. I think you're right uh, in that but I think part of that has developed as a result of Giovanni's animosity perhaps towards the bureaucracy of working in a city garrison. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and the fact that they aren't promoting you fast enough. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to check if I had misread that entire situation. <laughs> no, you're good. Right. Okay. The three of you, <laughs> you're making your way into the garrison. You've entered the main facility. The three of you are now in what would be like the main common space. Uh, Mordecai, this is the area that you walked through when you were first kind of doing your espionage mission at the beginning of this season. And you can see that there are multiple doors that go to different areas of the Renland garrison, including the cafeteria, the dorms, and so on. Uh, one of them, of course, you know, leads to Captain Jen's office. Throughout this room and others, you can see that people are passed out on the ground. You even you even walk through the dog kennels and you notice that all the dogs are asleep. Aw, puppies. Aw, there is a Renlin kennel. Nice. You know what? They work these dogs so hard, it's probably a good sleep for them. You know? No breaks. Yeah, sleep babies. Anyways, uh, I think uh, her office is over here. It's just this next door on the left. Okay, you go through that door, and you continue along the route. It's actually the door on the right, but that's okay. It's my mind palace, it's not yours. So I'm not so- giving directions, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so you go through the door that's leading to Captain Jen's office. You follow it down, you take a right at the end of that hallway, and you can see that there's Captain Jen's office door at the end of this long hallway. It's open. Okay, just go in, take a look around. Let's enter. Okay, you enter Captain Jen's office. It is as fastidiously tidy as it has always been. Although, this time, when you're looking, you can see that Captain Jen is passed out in her desk chair. Uh, Captain Jen! (laughs) Can I go over and investigate? Maybe see if she wrote down, like, a message before she fell asleep or something like that? Uh, sure. Roll an investigation check. I don't want to give her a good shake, just to be sure, but uh, I won't waste our time. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. Uh, that's a three. Okay, so you're kind of going through the clutter of papers on Jen's desk, but you don't see anything that says, hey, Mordecai, look at this paper. In that case, can I uh, steal the garrison keys from her? Can I roll an investigation for signs of foul play? Okay, Mordecai, could I have you roll a sleight of hand check? And Giovanni, could I have you roll an investigation check? That's a 23 for sleight of hand. Okay. And a 14 for investigation. Are you trying to hide this from anyone, Mordecai? No, it'll help. I mean, if everybody's asleep, we're going to need access to, you know, the armory or something. We need it more than anyone else. That checks out. Geo's cool with that. Checks out. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mordecai, you find the keys to the, the city garrison on her person and you pluck them off of her body. What did you get there, uh, Giovanni? I rolled a 14. Okay. And I do believe I detect foul play. 
Uh, uh, Giovanni, you do say that out loud, but you don't really detect any foul play other than the foul play that you think may have been involved with the magics that seem to have put most of the city to sleep, if not all of it. Guys, crazy idea. We must investigate Lieutenant Black's office. Oh, we're in her office. No, you're in Captain Jen's office. It's confusing. Oh. Yeah, I see what you mean. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Shouldn't we try and find Morty, guys? Well, yeah, we should, but I mean, we're collecting clues right now. He's not too far away. I mean, if we'll, we're, we'll even know where to find him. The I, I believe the note you got was from Mames, so we go to Mames. Mames was looking for Martin. I don't. We'll follow the breadcrumbs, but let's pick up anything we need here and then make our way there. There's got to be evidence, right? Agreed. And speaking of evidence, jingle, jingle, jingle. I got the keys. You want to go to the evidence room? Well, I mean, we could do that. We could go to the armory. We could go into Nathan's, yeah, see if everything's the same everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, my gut tells me that Nathan might still be awake because, you know, we did that little eye connect thing and he seemed pretty tough. Oh, wait. Our our, our freaking uh, phone stones will be in range right now of Martin if he still has his on him. Holy crap. Good thinking, Joe. Phone stone, activate. Phone stone, power on. <laughs> Phone stone, powering on. Beep, beep, beep. Low battery. Uh, oh, I don't have any lay on hands available. You can use mine. I haven't You really, you know. Martin, Martin, do you hear us? You can hear a voice to the other end. Uh, hello? I'm just, uh, I'm just stunned this worked. <laughs> Martin, is that you? Martin? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is, um, this is Martin. It's the boys. What? Oh, God. Uh, the Three Stooges. <laughs> we helped you with that necromancer. Mordecai, is that you? Oh, God, yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I'm here as well. Gio Devani de Chambre. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi. Hi, Gio. Blairs, if it matters. Wait, what? What are you? What's going on? Where are you? Where are you? Are you all right? I'm, uh, I'm... I think I'm at, I'm at the cinema silhouette. How the hell did you end up there? Uh, I, um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's where the portal, the sanctuary is. I, um, I'm, uh, pretty tired, guys. Uh, get rid of the phone. I I might, guys, we, I think I might lay down. We need to get rid of the Whatever phone. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No, this is a trap. Pinch yourself in the thigh. This is a trap. We need to burn these, take the SIM cards out of the phone, break them in half. Throw him into I the mean, water. You know we're gonna end up going there either way, Geo. Mm. How do we know for sure? Oh, insight check. Is it actually Martin? Does it sound like Martin? Yeah. Does can that? Can we roll it? Does it sound like a forgery of Martin? Yeah. Roll a insight check. Okay. Plus three. Seventeen for Geo. Ten for Mordecai. <laughs> Fifteen for Val. Okay, so Giovanni and Val. You know, without a doubt, that this is Martin, although he sounds really, really tired on the other end of this line. Uh, Mordecai, it's still up in the air for you. I don't know. I mean, it kind of sounds like him. What do you think? Mm, uh, I would say your insight is lacking. It didn't sound like he was in any sort of immediate danger, so I, I think we should exhaust our other threads of evidence before we proceed to the cinema silhouette. Okay, so hit the uh, hit Nathan's... Go find your sister. I would work quickly in any case, though. Let's check Lieutenant Black's office first. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, I think that's down the corridor on the other end, right? 
I'm just imagining it uh, a black hole somewhere down the hallway. Okay. Uh, So you guys don't actually know if Lieutenant Black does have an office. Like, Jewel didn't have an office, so it seems weird that she would have one. But now I'm going to make one up. Here's she has an office now. I'm assuming, like, Jen's, like, that floor of the garrison is just, like, the office. It's where all the paperwork goes down. She actually shares an office with two other lieutenants. Yeah. Um, So you guys make your way back down the hallway to Jen's office and go into the common area. You know that there is, like, a suite of rooms that are often used as offices by the higher-ranking officials. You enter those rooms through another side opening in this common area. And you can see that, yeah, there it's a fairly large room. And there's kind of like these cubicles, you would describe them, with desks in them and chairs. Many people kind of use this room. Uh, you guys have done your own paperwork in this room before, but some lieutenants, hey. some higher officials use this frequently. I guess uh, I'd like mm. to investigate it. Uh, sure. Roll an investigation check. 18. Okay. Looking around the room, you can see that people are passed out. Some people are passed out in their chairs. Uh, this is not really news to you. You may have at this point actually come to expect that many people are going to be asleep in the rooms that you enter. But you do see at one desk that there is Lieutenant Black. Her head is down on her desk in front of her, and she's sitting in a chair. I want to search her for uh, documents pertaining to her treason. (laughs) Okay, roll an investigation, Chuck. 19. Okay, you start uh, padding over Lieutenant Black, and you kind of go through her pockets. You find some loose change. You find some paperwork. There's a note there that reads, pick up dry cleaning at 4 p.m., but you don't find anything incriminating. Ah, She's clean after all, at least for now. All right, I've wasted enough time on this foolish venture. Can we, I want to go see if Nathan's awake. Next stop's Nathan's, yeah. Yes, yes, let's go rob the store. I mean, check on Nathan. Man, I am rubbing <laughs> off on you something fierce. I'm, oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> that was more supposed to be a table talk joke that I just said in Gio's voice. It's in now. Yeah, it's canon. You guys go to turn to leave this room, and all of a sudden you hear a squeaking noise from behind you. Ah! Draw my sword, turn around. Okay, you draw your sword and turn around to the desk of Lieutenant Black, whose chair has moved back, and her head is not on the desk anymore. In fact, it's sitting straight up, and the chair pops back from her as she stands up and turns to face you. Like ghost, uh, like creepy, like poltergeist style, or did she kick it out uh, with her legs? I'll just kick it out with her legs. Okay. okay. Lieutenant Black, we have returned from Nardini and have many questions for you. She looks at you. Ah, and who are you three? A better question. How are you awake? This person awake? Hmm. I would say that they're not really awake. My question, though, is how are you three awake? Oh, man. Whoa, whoa. Guys. To be completely honest, I don't know if I am. This seems like some sort of horrible waking nightmare. (laughs) Mordecai pretends to sleepwalk. Inception. (laughs) Well, being occupying the form of Lieutenant Black, we are simply three city guardsmen returning from a overseas mission, only to find our entire city put asleep, save for this ungodly apparition speaking through a person that they are not. Out of the side of my mouth I go, way to give away all of our information. <laughs> hmm, that's very astute of you. Well, that would explain our current circumstances. 
So you work here at the garrison then? No, no, no. It's I, I answered your first question. You need to start answering mine. What's going on here? All of a sudden, the form of Lieutenant Black drops to the ground. Uh, okay. Whoever did this can puppet their bodies. This does not bode well for the people of Renlin. <laughs> that ain't good. That's like alive necromancy. It's like, they're not dead, but I can still use them. Can I use my divine sense? Uh, sure. That seems like a good time. (laughs) What is the range of divine sense? 60 feet. Okay, so you reach out with your divine powers again. And you're searching around for anything that would be fiendish, evil, fey, and the like. You can sense little traces all around you, just like little sprinklings of... Well, certainly magic, though you can't necessarily determine if it is undead or unholy in any capacity. But it's definitely unusual. You would say it's unusual. I mean, you've been in the garrison for a while, so this is unusual that there would be sprinklings of magic like this. All right, now we know that something weird's going on. Hmm. <laughs> now, now, yeah, it took you that long. Now, right. now, now, it all, uh, now I realize that something foul is afoot. <laughs> Did uh, Lieutenant Black just, like, fall to the ground, you say? Yep. Can I just roll her into the recovery position? Uh, Yeah, that's very generous of you. Well, I mean, we still got to get paid, right? So, <laughs> All right, I take that back. You're doing that, and all of a sudden you hear a voice from behind you. Uh-oh. You turn around, and you can see that there is a short, gnomish man standing in the doorway there. Ah, uh, so you must be the three that were sent out. Nathan, is that you? I think what what was your what what's your name? Your names are Val, Giovanni, Mordecai. Who are we talking to right now? That's right. Oh, no one of consequence, I suppose. At least not for you. No, I, I think it's time you start speaking plainly. I'm running out of patience. I mean, mm. it's it seems like there's going to be more consequences than you think. The figure steps forward from the door, and you can see that it is Nathan. Oh, hello, Nathan. Oh, no, not again. The figure looks down at their hands and says, Huh, this one's called Nathan. God. Interesting. Object be cursed. (laughs) What I want to know is why you three are still awake, even now. I already had a big nap earlier today. (laughs) Can I divine sense on the presence of Nathan? Yes. Uh... Thank you. Giovanni, you reach out with your divine senses, and only a moment ago you could detect trace sprinkles of magic in the area, neither really good nor bad. But you do it again now, only a few moments later, and you're looking at the form of Nathan. But there's something about it that is certainly, certainly not Nathan-like. Can I determine if it's like fiend, undead, or evil, or... I need to look up what a fiend is. An evil spirit or demon. Uh, that's not a good answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, showed your hand a little there, Josh. <laughs> so you would determine that, yes, this is a fiend. Or at least something along those lines. Though, again, this is not necessarily something that you or anyone else in this generation has come up against. And not all powerful magic is evil. Just smells like sulfur. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't smell sulfur in the air, but you can feel this kind of black, dark purple aura just kind of hovering around Ooh, Nathan as he's looking at you. And Nathan continues to walk up to you. He walks almost right up to your chest, and he just kind of pokes you in the chest. 
He poked me in the chest? Yeah, he pokes you in the chest. I find that hard to believe I would have had my sword drawn on him the whole time. Well, you didn't attack him, did you? No, but my sword's been out. Yeah, okay. He walks past your sword. Cheeky bastard. Are you going to do anything about it? Giovanni's just befuddled. Do you hold him back? He just kind of walks up to you and he pokes you in the chest. And he says, Huh, I don't see anything obviously unnatural about you. Listen, form of Nathan, I know you are not Nathan. And we have a lot of questions. You can either help us or stand against us. Just make up your mind so I can either fight you or join you fighting someone else. Well, I don't think I have any interest in joining you. And then the form of the gnome drops to the ground. Ugh. Damn it, I really wanted to pour a senior clean on him before you did that. Poor little guy. <laughs> Was it blessed by the church? Or? No. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not, not, not at all. <laughs> okay, um, so obviously a strong magic user can be taken out pretty easily here. Um, I want to go into Nathan, see if he's got anything in there that helps keep people awake. Yes, and maybe some badass armor that can help us fight evil. <laughs> like, I don't know, really strong espresso, uh, something that pokes you in the leg when you're about to fall asleep. Something. We're not robbing anything. We're uh, requisitioning supplies for a fight against evil. We'll leave an IOU, and we'll return it when we're done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Maybe. Okay, all right. So the three of you nimbly kind of step over the body of Nathan at the door. Where can I, he was can in front I carry of you. him back to Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I can carry him back to you. I'm stronger. <laughs> Feet of strength. <laughs> yeah, Carrying I'm going to... Can I have you roll his strength check? Because why not? Can it be at advantage because he's a gnome? <laughs> no. I'll give you the help action. 22. Yeah, you nailed it. So you managed to pick up Nathan with little to no issue. Can I set? Can I set the kind of can, I, can I set the scene here? As I bend over to pick up Nathan, you hear do 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 got to do do do, and there goes the my hero by the Foo Fighters starts playing as I walk through the door. He goes like, there goes my anyway, sorry. and it's all in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So you make your way out through the door and into the common space. You can see, again, people are asleep on the ground. The door to the common space is left open, and you exit through it into the main courtyard of the garrison. You can see across the courtyard, there's Nathan's little the little shop. I'm going to take out the, uh, the garrison keys and see if I can fumble for whichever one is labeled for his shop. Okay. You would say that there are about mm, 20 keys on this keychain. <laughs> oh, one of these... Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what a convenient number. <laughs> you got cycling. Two. You rolled a two on a d20? I did. You did not manage to find the right key. 16. Okay, you managed to find the right key. We'll <laughs> say that... I'm just not going to say that you, you guys are not just going to sit there and go through 20 keys. Uh, after, after the third one, I was just going to kick the door open while holding Nathan. Okay, you uh, unlock the front door, and it swings in to the familiar scene of Nathan's shop. You can see that the walls are lined in a chaotic mess of arms and armor, and, you know, the room is dark. You can't really um, see much in it. I'm going to uh, cast light and shoot it up onto one of the rafters so that it illuminates as much as it can. I think it's like 60 feet or something like that. Sure, is that a cantrip? Yeah, it's just a cantrip, and I want to look for his ledger. Is there like a little like uh, chair or like the little little place where Nathan would have uh, chilled out when he wasn't working? Well, he does have a stool where he sits. Yeah, a bed in the back, maybe. Uh, no, uh, there's no bed in here that you can see. Okay, well, I guess I'll. I can't really sit him on the stool, so I guess I'll. Uh, 
I see, rest him on some leather armor. Or yeah, something. can I see any like armor or something that I can lay him on? Feel bad for the little guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is arms and armor all around you. Can I just put him on top of like a leather armor or something and just? <laughs> sure. You you tuck Nathan away in a little uh, scrap of leather armor. There you go, little guy. Feel better. <laughs> you leave a gentle kiss on his forehead. All right, what are you guys doing? Investigate for killing tools. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to yeah. look for his ledger to see if I can go through it and see if he's got like any anything to help keep us awake. Uh, Sure. Could I have you roll an investigation check? Uh, Gio rolled a 12. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. 14. 21 for Val. Okay, so the three of you are kind of picking through the room. You're looking around. Mordecai, you do end up finding the ledger and it has all the stuff that Nathan keeps in this storeroom. You can see that flipping through the ledger, most of the stuff is kind of crap. It's the typical stuff that has been confiscated from the general public as a result of the garrison, I know, uncovering something or apprehending someone. And this is sort of what you're familiar with. Your first days at the garrison were mostly just picking through the crap. Uh, you can see a couple of nice things in that list, that ledger, and you guys have access to the shop items, and that's what we currently have in this shop. I'd like to grab that crossbow if it's just hanging around. What crossbow? The uh, gambler's oh, crossbow. the gambler's crossbow. Don't you already have a bow, though? Well, I do. He's just going to be the arrow guy. I want to double up. Oh, I, was, I was thinking I could maybe upgrade from the sling, but I'm not even sure if I can use crossbows, so go for it. Well, no, 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 no that, that makes more sense. I, didn't, I never thought of that, Joe. I don't, uh, the thing is, I have pretty good luck with the sling, too. <laughs> Imagine what would happen, though, if your sling could do, like, real damage, though. Somehow, somehow in my head, I'm, I, I'm like, uh, dual-wielding this. <laughs> impossibly I mean, uh, so I think that you would be able to use a crossbow Giovanni you are proficient with martial weapons and simple weapons so I think you would be able to use one if you needed to sweet yeah I'll, I'll definitely sure. grab I'll snatch that up then for sure yeah 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 uh, yeah Mezzo's crossbow uh, so can you read that out to me Mazdo's crossbow. This crossbow once belonged to a savage gambler. Scoring a critical hit with this magic weapon doesn't double the weapon's damage dice. And when you roll a one on an attack roll made with it, the weapon jams and can't be used again until your next turn. A target hit with a ranged attack from this crossbow takes 3d4 piercing damage instead of normal damage. When you hit with an attack using this weapon and roll three of the same number of its damage dice... Use the matching number to determine what effect occurs using the table below. When this happens, the target takes an extra 1d6 piercing damage. Wow, that was a mouthful. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't even remember uh, entering this crossbow into our list. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you are taking that. Uh, uh, who is that made by, by the way? That is from Griffin's Saddlebag. Okay. All right. So you are picking up Mezzo's crossbow. Anybody else picking up stuff? Oh, yeah. No, and I'm... I'm... <laughs> I've only just begun to loot the store. That, uh, <laughs> that irritation libation in there. Question. It's like going into barbarian rage, basically, right? Yep. You get advantage on strength checks and advantage on melee attack rolls, and then attacks against you are the same way. So if you're going into a murderous rage, can you be put to sleep? That's my question, because I might take that. You have no idea. I'm going to take it anyways, just to see. Okay. And that was made by Cody Gagnon. Thanks, Cody. Nice. Uh, I'm going to make a little thing here to indicate this is stuff you did not actually buy, but stuff you uh, stole from. Requisitioned. Yeah, requisitioned from the garrison requisitions. For the greater good. Uh, sure, Mordecai. Sure. What <laughs> else you guys got? 
that's that's it for me i kind of want to grab the threadbare wallet too <laughs> okay really? now i I, ne- I need you giovanni to justify how you think that this will help you fight well, in I'll, the next fight that seems I, like a very mordecai I, thing to grab most of our problems involve can i actually can i suggest that mordecai grabs this <laughs> <laughs> drawings of hungry children inside. <laughs> like how you know many what? okay let me i can justify this fairly easily 98 percent of our problems come from us not having enough money <laughs> and this would help us pass uh persuasion checks involving money so someone in the party should have it but do, do you think that giovanni would think that this uh that you guys are going to have an issue with money and persuasion checks going up against this mystery villain who seems to have put people to sleep in this city where everyone is asleep. No, I don't. But I do think with absolute certainty we will overcome this evil and get into trouble again afterward. Because I'm just so you're oh, immediately. Yeah. So then you are stealing this just for the sake of stealing it. Preemptively. No, no, no. You're, are you even listening to what I'm saying? I, yeah, I'm listening to what you're saying. I feel like you're hearing. But, you're hearing something, and it's not what I'm saying. You just want to hear. But I, what I'm thinking, so the way I kind of understood this is you guys are ransacking the shop so that you Requisitioning. You are rec- requisitioning <laughs> equipment from this shop so that you can use it in this upcoming fight. But if you are taking this stuff for maybe after this fight, isn't that just stealing at that point? Yeah, I'm kind of with him and I'm the thief. No, I hard disagree, but if uh, no one wants the wallet, I'm just going to leave it. Oh, question. Um, is fives in there? Are the robot buddy fives the robot? Yeah, yeah. You can see him uh, huddled up. There's a familiar kind of cloak that's just drafted over top of him to kind of keep dust off of him. There's my boy. I want to bring him with. Well thought, Mark. I was thinking that because you can't put a robot to sleep the same way you'd put a person to sleep. Maybe he can keep us awake. He can like slap us real hard or something. I don't know. Well, he shouldn't be affected by the spell, or, or he may not be affected by or, the spell uh, or the magic, right? We, we so. can tell him to call Hans if something happens, and maybe they can bamf us out. I do also want to grab actually the gauntlets of uh, Deliverance. Slap them on fives. Okay, wh- one thing at a time. So describe to me what you do, Mordecai. I'm going to pull the sheet off of fives and just give him a quick once over, see if he's still the way I left him, and see if the remote's nearby. Could I have you roll an investigation check? I will definitely try. Success, on the other hand. Fourteen. Okay, so you can't actually find the remote for fives anywhere, but you do notice that fives has actually had a little bit of an upgrade since you last saw him, and embedded in his chest is something that's very reminiscent of the controller that you and Nathan built to turn him on. Oh, that's Sly Gnome. Okay, uh, I'm going to try and turn him on. Okay. Oh, phrasing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's new? I will activate the automaton. Okay, so yeah. fives is... Activate that automaton. <laughs> yeah, baby. Flip <laughs> my switch. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, you flick his switch. Turn him on. Um, yeah. <laughs> when he turns uh, on, is it just like the Windows starting sound? Like... <laughs> okay, so Fives is kind of leaning over, like his body is just kind of in shutdown mode, and you reach forward and you flick a switch that's on his chest, and all of a sudden his head pops back up. And his eyes start to glow up with the same kind of blue arcane energy. And he's looking at you and he says, Hello, meatbag. Hey, Fives. Uh, run system diagnostic. 
that doesn't make sense. I don't have system diagnostic. I am a mechano arcane unit. Oh, okay. I, I uh, don't have some kind of computational core controlling this. Trick question you passed. Okay, are you are you well? Are you functioning what, properly? What kind of idiot are you? I can't believe you built me. <laughs> oh, oh, this, so this is what parents go through. Uh, how, how are you, Fives? Are you functioning properly? Are you healthy, I guess? Oh, I've been okay. Could use a little oil, I think. My gears are getting a little rusty. Okay, we can manage that. Yeah, some around here. I'll oil you up, but uh, we're gonna need your help after that. You're a pervert. How? Ugh. You turn me on. You oil me up. What do you want from me, you weirdo? I'm gonna smack fives in Giovanni the head. Sta- Giovanni starts a buttoning his shirt. Jesus Christ! I-, I like where this robot is going. You're gonna get slivers. He's mostly made of wood. Anyways. The entire city is asleep. Everyone is asleep. And I'm not talking like, oh, they're having a nice nap. It's a magical sleep. You're a robot. You can't fall asleep. We need your help. Well, thanks for reminding me of my lack of soul. What's up? We're going to track down whatever did this. If we look like we're even close to falling asleep, I give you authorization to pinch, poke, and or smack us. Sounds good. And if we do fall asleep, I need you to call a guy called Hans. And I'm going to give him my stone phone and see if he can use that. I don't know. Okay. What is this? Uh, communication device. Uh, channel a bit of that arcane power into it and uh, keep shouting Hans until he answers. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. You got everything? Uh, I wanted to grab the wild skin armor if I could. We're going to be in so much trouble with the guard if we don't do this correctly. <laughs> All right, so uh, you want to read to me the wild skin armor? What is it? Yeah, sure. Uh, this enchanted hide armor magically conforms to your body and moves naturally with your movements. While wearing this armor, you can choose to have it reinforce your new form when you transform. When you do, your AC will, while you are transformed by wild shape is equal to 14 plus your dexterity modifier, a maximum of 2, unless it's already higher. You gain this benefit even if the armor merges into your new form. Once this property has been used, it can't be used again until the next dawn. Okay, all right. Yeah, so you grab the wild skin armor, and who is that made by? That was also from uh, Griffin Saddlebag. Awesome. You're going to be such a tank with that. Yeah, it's handy. Just turn into a bear and sit out front, have Geo on your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually. I have a quick question about the crossbow. Can I make it a hand crossbow for flavor? Because I feel like a gambler would have a hand crossbow. Oh yeah, man! Like like, some, like someone like, La- like Lando would have. You would say it's like Mezzo's crossbow is a large one-handed crossbow. It's sort of like the fantasy medieval equivalent of a sawed-off shotgun. You you gotta shoot from the hip always. Okay, cool. Just for like the range and stats and stuff like that. Uh, should I copy a light crossbow or a hand crossbow? Yeah, go with light crossbow. Okay. I feel like there's been quite a bit of role reversal over the last season here, guys. Me hanging out with you has made me the responsible one somehow. And hey, now Giovanni was the thief. I, I just want to grab these gauntlets in case I can maybe suck the sleepiness out of somebody with them. You know? Oh. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> oh, it's great. Now the, the wild mage is judging the paladins. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Well, truly, I mean, troubled. you guys are gonna give that stuff back, right? Uh, yes. If they if they don't want me to keep it, I I could just buy it too if they want. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, should we find Mames? 
Yeah, are you guys done? You, you've no, gotten I, all the equipment you would like? I want to grab these gauntlets, too. All right, what are these gauntlets? The gauntlets of deliverance. These silver gauntlets are inscribed with powerful sigils that absorb malady and infection. When you magically cure a creature of blindness, deafness, disease, or poison while wearing these gauntlets, you can choose to have the sigils on the gauntlets contain the condition instead of destroying it outright. While these gauntlets contain a condition in this way, you can use a bonus action to touch a creature and force it to make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the target suffers the effects of the stored condition until the end of your next turn. As the condition is passed from the gauntlets into it, the stored condition is lost from the gauntlets. The gauntlets can only hold one condition at a time. Any condition is lost if you contain another one in order to make room for the new condition. I feel like that last part was like the end of a pharmaceutical commercial. <laughs> the, gauntlets can only, the gauntlets can only contain one condition at a time. Any condition contained is lost if you contain another one in order to make room for a new condition. Ask your doctor if you think gauntlets of deliverance is right for you. Gauntlets of deliverance are not responsible for unwanted symptoms such as agony, suffering, death, destruction, and or malady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. And who was that submitted by? That was also from Griffin's Saddlebag. Uh, I, I really feel like I don't need to justify Geo taking these because I feel like they might come in really handy. Uh when no, I, I don't think you need to either. Uh, that seems more of like that could be potentially useful for this uh, adventure. They're situationally useful. <laughs> yeah. And I will okay. I will return these if uh, they want them back. Okay, so let's just kind of quickly go through what happened here. Mordecai, you got the irritation libation. You also got fives, kind of. Yep. Uh, Val, you got the wild skin armor. Giovanni, you got the Gauntlets of Deliverance as well as Medzo's Crossbow. And does that cover everything that you guys picked up? Uh, yeah, I just like to um, try and find some oil for five before we roll out. Yeah. Sure. Could I have you roll an investigation check? I'm going to do that too. Actually, uh, I'll just give you the help action. Roll with advantage. Sure. Sounds good. Also, I need to attune these gauntlets. Uh, I don't know how that process works. You have to short rest or sit somewhere for like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I rolled a 22 for the investigation, uh, not 20. Okay, yeah, you find, like, a five-gallon container of oil in the back. Nice. I'm going to go over to Val real quick and be like, would, would you mind oiling him up? He called me a pervert, and I don't feel comfortable. Uh, no, uh, you, I mean, you're going to have to leave this one to you, Mordecai, because uh, I've got to attune my armor. So <laughs> ah, Tough luck, tough lo- get rubbing the robot. Yeah, I'm also going to attune. <laughs> I'm honestly just going to take that short, bucket and... and- Dump it on him. Oh, yeah. Dump it on him. Nah. <laughs> Never Dump mind. Flash dance style. <laughs> I'm going to gingerly, while not properly looking at him, pour it on his joints. <laughs> Is this a skill that I want to make you roll? <laughs> Robotics? How, how so, heavy knowledge? Is that I would, I, thing of oil? Could be uh, a thing of oil. Acrobatics, uh, even. <laughs> nah, it doesn't matter. You know what? Five's just kind of sitting there. He's not looking at you, and you you just start pouring it in his joints and whatnot, and he can kind of sense what's going on. He looks back. He says, oh, this is gross. Do it quick. Do it quick. Okay. Just dump it. Wait, so are, are, are uh, Val and I taking a short rest? I don't know what you're doing. Might as well while I'm taking care of Five's. Yeah, whatever it takes to attune these items. Yeah, it seems smart, because I also don't have any lay on hands right now, and I think I used a spell slot to you. Uh, you don't get all of that stuff back. Uh, let me look up. All right, a short rest is a period of downtime at least one hour long, during which a character does nothing more strenuous than eating, drinking, reading, and tending to wounds. A character can spend one or more hit die at the end of a short rest, 
up to the character's maximum number of hit dice, which is equal to the character's level. For each hit die spent this way, the player rolls the die and adds the character's constitution modifier to it. The character regains hit points equal to that total. Yeah, so you don't get any spells back or uh-huh. anything, but you can heal yourself if you need to. For two points. <laughs> but I mean, they're free two points if you want to grab them. Yeah, I will. Oh, don't well, worry. You roll your hit yeah. dice, right? Like, mine are d6, so I would roll 2d6 plus I, my constitution. I can only heal two. two, so do I even need to roll for that, or can I just heal two points? Yeah, I think that it's okay if you just heal two points, because your constitution modifier is a plus two. So it does. even if you roll the one, you would still get those two back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, anybody else doing anything? Uh, other than taking care of fives and making sure he's ready to go. Okay, so are you guys going to be, like, spending an hour here? I mean, if they need an hour to attune. I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, partway through the hour, there's a knocking at the door. <laughs> Don't answer it. Interesting. I'm, point- I'm pointing my crossbow at the door. Sure. Who is it? Oh, Christ. Uh, so the door is still open, and looking into the courtyard, you can see the outline of a short person standing there. Entering into the light that Mordecai conjured is the form of Captain Jen. Uh-oh. And welcome back to another episode of Late End Legends. Today's episode was brought to you by our patrons this month, Aaron, Al, Dan, DJ Seath, Ethan, Paula, and Kate. If you like our podcast and want to show some support, join us over on Patreon. There are lots of cool benefits to becoming a patron, ranging from credits in our episodes to personal messages. There's no pressure to stick around to if you don't want to, but we'd love any support you can show us, including sharing our podcast. For instance, if you share a podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter with the hashtag LeightonLegends, lowercase all one word, then you might find that a character is named after you. We've had a number of NPCs in our campaign named after our listeners, such as Captain Jen, Lieutenant Black, Duke Liar, Jeff, Mordecai's mentor, and many more. If you'd like to join our cast, give us a share. Additionally, while you're there, leave us a review on Facebook or iTunes. It's one of the only ways that our podcast gets out into the internet, and your recommendations really help us. If you're hungry for some more Leighton Legends, check out our Instagram, Facebook page, or even our website, LeightonLegends.com. You can find additional content, including animated episodes from our first season, character art, and even our soundtrack. That's it for announcements. Let's get back into the action. I see you three have been busy. Just looting. Who are you? Well, I am many things. Seems only fair, considering that I now know who you three are. Can I attempt a skill shot at Captain Jen's leg? Well, wait, wait, wait. If you're many things, what do we call you? Many things? That just doesn't have a nice ring to it. That actually works for me. Oh, no, no. (laughs) 
That's There's the no pizzazz with that. Yeah, come on. Oh, it's the great sleep maker. Many things. Not Ugh. like La Nofthanak or like some sort of fancy name. Many things. Oh. Like, that that just conjures ideas of weird things. <laughs> I tire of your speech. And I tire of your contradictions. I shoot the I shoot at Captain Jen's leg with the crossbow. Okay. Roll a ranged attack. Nice. Uh, that's a, a 10. <laughs> okay. With a deft step back with only her left foot, she moves just enough to have the crossbow bolt just fly past her and hits where her leg would have been a couple feet behind in the dirt. That was a warning shot. Start speaking clearly, or the next one will hit. You intrigue me. I have not met many before who are, I suppose, impervious to my powers. I think we should meet. Where do you want to meet? I think we should get closer. I want to move closer to Captain Jen. Okay, you do that. They don't react at all. I want to touch them with the gauntlets and attempt to... uh. How do I don't even do this? Um, I <laughs> Make them blind or? Uh, oh no! I thought I had cure poison. Do I not? Okay, never, never mind that. <laughs> um. All right. Where Where do you want to meet? Hmm. I've set up shop in a nearby ruined temple. I would like the three of you to pay me a visit so that we can talk in person. All right. You got directions or just? What? Oh, I think one of you will know where this is. You can find me at the Temple of the Order of the Sacred Phenomenon. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys. Uh, Give us a couple hours. Not the suicide cult version of the other religions. (laughs) We'll be there. (laughs) Uh, uh, Giovanni, could I have you roll a history check? (laughs) Three. Okay. Uh, you sort of are like in the back of your head. You recall hearing about this temple. It was built just outside of the town, but it was abandoned centuries ago, and that's about all you know about it. I do believe I know where this place is. Is there a certain time you expect us, or should we just mosey over whenever we're done with our thing? G- here? Give us, give us a couple hours. We've just got off a boat, and we'll be there. I need to go see if anyone else is unaffected by your spell. No, I'm pretty sure I got them all. Gio, we gotta work on your tact, buddy. Take your time if you would like, though. I am curious to find why you have been resistant to my sleep spell. I suppose that perhaps in time it might catch up with you. In which case, I guess I'll see you sooner rather than later. Will we be able to reach you on the stone again? Stone? Never mind. You can see a smile start to form on Captain Jen's lips. What stone are you speaking of? There's no stone. Uh, it's an old joke we had with Captain Jen. You wouldn't get it because you're an abomination. <laughs> this one! It pelted it in the head. Could I have you roll a deception check, Giovanni? Oh, that's not my... Uh, not my... Oh, 17. <laughs> I see. Stone. Joke with whoever this is. Find me sooner rather than later, or I will have to go out looking for you. What are you going to do? And with that, the form of Captain Jen just drops to the ground. Oh. Geo, buddy, we got to work on your tact, man. You're just, you're telling them the plan. 
every what, time. What plan? Oh, uh, exactly plan? what we're going to do. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know there was a plan. Oh. While I had this discussion, I want to like put Captain Jen's body on a piece of leather armor as well. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just across from Nathan, where he's laying on a piece of leather armor, there's another piece of leather armor, and you lay Captain Jen down on yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a slumber party. We make it so they're holding hands. And, uh... <laughs> no, we're not shipping Jen and Nathan. And uh, I want to leave a note in my awesome cursive handwriting that just says... We borrowed some stuff to off to save the world. See you soon. <laughs> and then sign our names on it. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to say, do you just uh, leave it there? Can I go okay. up and scratch my name off? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't sign your name. I only signed okay. mine. Okay. Because you be said horribly names. dishonest to me. Well, I assumed we'd all sign it. Be kind of... Oh, no, no. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm signing my name. You guys don't no, have I'm to. Like, Geo will vouch for us in the debrief. Yeah. So. They trust you more than us anyways. Yeah, that's No right. big deal. I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> they think I'm kind of uh, a loose cannon. I'll sign it, actually. I'll, I'll sign it. I mean, it. we were the ones under house arrest. I will sign it as a, as, a, as a token of goodwill, I guess. Nice. All right. Well, shall we see if my sister's still alive? I mean, he said something about that sleep catching up to us. Nah, I'm not worried. I'm divine. Okay, how about this? Can you point where this Temple of the Heaven's Gate cult is? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I believe they wrote the comet some fortnights ago, but uh, I really do think we should check on the Temple of the Sacred Thing, an object first. It'll be quick, I promise. Well, what, what's the plan? You you go visit Mames, I'll keep an eye out. What? Yes. I mean, yes, how, I, how far I away is the temple from here? I reckon it's about uh, a couple blocks. <laughs> what if we run? I'm down to run, Conan style. <laughs> oh, like triple pace. We go always, as fast as we can there. You go in, you find her, we'll wait outside. Just running we'll from scene to scene. And we yeah, go straight I'm, to the temple. I'm totally down to run there. All right, let's go. Like, we're wasting time. Shouldn't someone go and check on Martin? Cinema uh, like, I'll meet you guys there. How about I just, because I have a pretty high athletic skill. I feel like I could run to the church really quickly. Sure. Okay. I mean, the temple's on the way out of town. Cinema silhouettes at the gate to town. I think we could hit it on the way. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. We, we do it as quick as we can. Just, okay. Yeah, we'll just do everything in uh, a row as, as quick as we can. Okay. Break. I guess Val and I will go to Cinema Silhouette. Okay. So the three of you split ways and start going on your separate paths. Mordecai, Val, and I'll say five start running over to Cinema Silhouette to catch up with Martin and Giovanni. You start heading to the Order of the Sacred Thing. Yeah. Okay, so you're running along the route, Giovanni, heading back to the familiar temple of the Order of the Sacred Thing. Along the route, the occasional person stirs on the street as you pass them, and you look back to see that the homeless man is looking at you, and he says, Tick-tock, Giovanni, tick-tock, only for the person to pass out. I had it with your games. Eventually, you make your way to the temple. It's familiar to you. You've seen it before. Not to mention that you live in Renlin and are familiar with the various temples that are in this city. What do you do? Uh, I'm at the thing, right? Thing temple? Yep. Uh, I just want to open the door really quick. Okay, you open the large double doors that go into the temple of the Order of the Sacred Thing. And you can see that there are people lying on the ground there. You recognize that some people are kind of like militia of the Order of the Sacred Thing. There's a paladin here. But for the most part, they are predominantly just commoners that seem to have been caught in this temple when whatever happened occurred. 
Can I run up to the upper part where Mames would be? Where the last time you saw her during yeah. the service was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you run down the length of the temple, and you can actually make out the form of Brother Steve passed out just in front of the place where he gives his speeches. You run past him up the stairs, you take a right, another right, and you're on the balcony that now overlooks the entire Temple of the Order of the Sacred Thing, and you don't see Mames anywhere up there. I yell out, Mames! It echoes around the cathedral. But you don't hear anyone respond to you. Mames, it is I, your brother, Giovanni de Chambre. It echoes around the cathedral, but you don't hear anyone speak back to you. Oh, I tried. Uh, I want to exit and go to my temple now. Okay, so you leave the temple of the Order of the Sacred Thing, and you take a few steps outside, and then all of a sudden you turn around and you walk back inside that temple, and you can see that it is completely different now. And uh, there's a bunch of people sleeping on the ground, but all the the flags are now changed. And you can see that they're all the typical red in the style of the Order of the Sacred Object. Wait, how many people are on the ground? Uh, You can maybe estimate maybe um, five or six people. There were more people in the Order of the Sacred Things Temple. Of course, but five or six is a good turnout for us. I'm stoked about that. (laughs) Uh, I want to just go up to the altar and make a little prayer. All right, so you walk down the length of the cathedral and you go to the familiar altar and describe to me what this looks like to you. Uh, well, these are going to kneel before the altar of the sacred object and uh, just reflect a little bit and uh, seek forgiveness for betraying the values of the object in his pursuit of the greater good and uh, to seek future forgiveness for future transgressions against those goals in search of the greater good and objectiveness. Objectiveness. Uh, could I have you roll a D100? Ooh. That's a 21. Nice. Nothing in particular happens. You feel perhaps a little less guilty about some of your actions and more at peace with what you need to do. But that's it. That's all I needed. And one more time. Mames? Your voice echoes around the cathedral, but nobody responds to it. All right. I'll leave and join the guys at the uh, silhouette place. Okay. Meanwhile, Mordecai and Val, you guys are running down the street that leads up to the cinema silhouette. And along the way, you too are stopped by a commoner who is passed out in the street. You might expect that she is a like a merchant's wife. And she turns to you and looks at you as you walk past or as you run past rather. And she says, tick tock, Mordecai and Val, tick tock. And then her form too passes out onto the ground. Man, this, uh, whoever this is, really needy. Like, they want us there, like, right now. Like, we just got back. <laughs> this is creepy. Very creepy. Anyways, keep running. Yeah. Yeah, the two of you end up making your way to the cinema silhouette. You can see the familiar shape of the abandoned building, the door that is semi-smashed in, although it seems to have been loosely kind of repaired so that people can't get into it. But, again, all of the windows and the doors have kind of been boarded up a bit. Okay. Um, I'd like to ask uh, Mordecai for my ghost bow back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, shimmy that out of my uh, left side pocket. Takes a little bit because it gets caught at the end. <clears throat> okay, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. And let's go inside. Yeah. I mean, uh, Martin would maybe be in the entryway? I don't know. I, no, it's not, it sounded like he was in the place where we fought him, where we fought the Lich. You can hear places now? He just sounded tired. He's like, well, I'm here. It's let's let's the sweep the theater. Let's sweep the theater, Mordecai. What do you say? All right, we do it fast. Keep your head on a swivel. Okay. I don't want to fall asleep here. It's 
freaking creepy. Well, I want to go with my uh, I want to go with my ghost boat. They're ready. Like SWAT style. <laughs> sure. Okay. So the two of you make your way into the cinema silhouette. It's been a while since you've been here, but it's actually been cleaned up a fair bit. There are no more loose papers on the ground. There are many bookshelves that seem to have had papers stacked on them that have been repaired. There are also some arcane lamps that have turned on and they've been left on. You can't see Martin in the main entranceway into this area. Delve deeper. Yeah, just keep working through, I guess. Room by room. Yep, at the ready. Okay, you enter the first room on your left from the entranceway. The room on the right, the one that went into the cells and kind of this back office, is still kind of blocked off by rubble. But you go into this main entranceway, and you can see that there is the familiar desk at the table, though it has been cleaned up. And there is Martin sitting at the desk, a phone in his hand, but he is passed out on the table. Okay. Um... I want to try Dispel Magic on him again and use my other third level spell slot. Okay. If I can, I would like to also use my Tide of Chaos to roll at advantage. Can you remind me exactly what Tides of Chaos does? Been a while, so maybe I should also read it. <laughs> it's a really sick expansion for Warcraft 2. Uh, once per long rest, you can gain advantage on an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. Uh, before you use this feature, the DM can have you roll a wild magic surge table after you cast a first level spell or higher, and then you can regain that feature. So, okay, yeah, I'll allow that. Okay, so drop that, and then what did I roll last time? It was uh, a d20 plus 8, right? Yes. Okay, the, this time I got a 16. Okay, you reach out towards... Martin at the table. You rest your hands on him, and you can feel the familiar magics of the sleeping spell kind of working away at him. And you start trying to tease apart the threads more this time, and you can feel them. You seem like you're having more luck this time. You're pulling them more apart. They are still incredibly complex and have woven themselves thickly around Martin. And as you start to pull on them, they start to pull into you a little bit, start latching onto you, kind of like sticky spider web. Could I have you roll your charisma saving throw plus your spellcasting ability modifier? Okay. Uh, charisma roll. I got a 26. Nice. As the thread starts to kind of tangle themselves on your hands, they just quickly slide off of your tattoos and fall to the ground. But Martin is still sitting there fast asleep. I got nothing, man. He's out cold. I check his pulse real quick. Make sure he's just asleep and not like old man dead. <laughs> um, could I have you roll an investigation check? Would it be a medicine? Or, no, could I have you roll a medicine check? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 14? Uh, he is certainly not dead. He is just passed out cold. Oh, jeez. Okay. A <laughs> weed object. Okay. I don't think we're going to get any help here, Val. No, I don't think so. Let's get outside. I bet Gio's already on his way. Yeah, regroup with Gio, I guess, and, and get on our way. Yeah, uh, let's make our way back outside. You immediately just start walking back out to the main street of Renlin. <laughs> At this point, you see Giovanni jogging briskly up the street. Da -da -da, da -da -da. Oh, wait. Oh, man, there was something I really wanted to do at the garrison that I didn't. What was that, Joe? We're not going back now. I need my <laughs> chest plate. Oh, I meant to mention uh. that. God damn it. I meant to, I meant to say that. God oh, damn it. By the... All right, I'll see you guys at the, see you guys at the outskirts of town. I'm gonna run back real quick. You had all that time to suit up at Nathan's. Oh, oh crap! I, I meant to mention it to him too. Oh, my bad. We're not too far away from that, are we? From the garrison? Yeah. 
Uh, you're probably about a 20-minute walk to the garrison. So a five-minute jog for Giovanni. Sure. Let's, let's, yeah, go get it. Ten minutes total there and back. Go get it. Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, that's my you bad, man. I, I meant to say it. God damn it. No, it's okay. It's, hey, it's, here, it's more here, on I'm me gonna, than you. <laughs> I, I'm going to help him out a little bit be like, get this done now. I'm going to tap his shoulder and misty step him uh, 30 feet in that direction. So he's Sick. <laughs> okay, you get a, a jolt of magic energy into your body, Giovanni, and then all of a sudden you are now 30 feet away <laughs> from Mordecai and Val. Okay. Slight in the direction of the garrison, I guess. I hope so. <laughs> okay, so you run back to the garrison, and uh, are you guys going to like the main gate out of Renlin? Yeah, yeah. We'll wait for him there. Yeah, hang out at the gate for him. Okay, so Mordecai and Val, you make your way to the main gate, leaving out of Renlin that Giovanni told you to go to. Giovanni, you end up making your way back to the garrison. There is really no nothing that happens along the way, but you make your way there. What do you do once you're there? I want to run up to my room and grab my breastplate. Okay, so you enter the garrison. It is very familiar to you as you only saw this maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes ago. Yes, yes, yes. And, <laughs> and you make your way to the dorm. You make your way to your room, and you can see that it has been left untouched since you entered it. And there on your, I don't know, on your bed, you can see your breastplate there. I want to say, order, bless me and protect me, and I put it on. Okay, oh. all right, you throw on your chest plate, and you get a couple more AC Back points. I was, wondering, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to get that before you went into this fight or not. Oh, hell. Oh, so we are going into a fight. Well, it, well it's, it's, it's maybe. It's been made pretty clear that it's going down, so. I, I think yeah. we. it's not too late to solve this with words. <laughs> is it safe to say that on the inside of your breastplate is just like a bunch of pamphlets for a sacred object? Of course. It's extra padding. It's just <laughs> like, it's just like lining. flyers he couldn't hand out. Honestly, I should get an extra half the like armor class for that because it's like holy armor. <laughs> it's padded plate. Uh, uh, no. Uh, so you leave the dorms and you start making your way back to the gate where you said that you would run into Mordecai and Val. Could I have you roll a perception check? Just me? Yeah, just Giovanni. Nine. Giovanni, you're running back to this front gate. You're running through some of the central routes of town. There are a couple catwalks, you know, you could kind of catch through in order to get there a little bit faster. And as you're making your way through one of the roads that comes off of the main market, you notice a dark hooded shape slumped over on the ground. And this looks somewhat familiar to you. I'll investigate it. Okay, you walk over to it, and you pull the body onto its back, and you can see the face of Al. What? You scoundrel. I want to slap backhand slap him to see if I can wake him up. Yeah, I would. Okay, (laughs) you backhand slap him. His head just gets shook straight to the left-hand side of his body. He does not wake up, though. (laughs) Oh, oh my. You know what? I will uh, throw Al over my shoulder and go make my way on. Okay, you do that, but as you pick Al up, you notice that he has a briefcase with him. Ooh, is it attached to him? Like is it stealing? If it's from an evil man, I are you looking for me to answer that question? I'm more just asking it aloud and just you know feeling out the room, seeing how it goes. You. What feels like the greater? Good? You tell me. You're the paladin. Al, you tre- you treacherous fool! You left us to die in that horrible Nardini. I'm taking your case. Can I also search him for just, like, any sort of magical thing you might have that helps out? The artifacts? Yeah, like... <laughs> artifacts? Like, um, like anything. <laughs> like the uh, sure, do an it. investigation check. 
12. Okay, so you kind of go over Al's body, like kind of picking through his pockets and whatnot. You can't find anything innately magical to your mind. There's a little dagger on his belt, but it doesn't seem to be magical. You can't really find anything I'm else other than like... I'm taking that dagger just because I don't want this fiend to be armed. Okay, you take his dagger. Do you open the briefcase? Uh, no, I'm taking it to the boys. Okay, uh, could I have you roll a strength check? Heavier than a gnome? 17. Okay, so you pick up Al, and he's quite a bit heavier than a gnome, and you're also carrying this heavy briefcase. It takes you a little bit to get back, maybe not as you fast know, as I've you would if you my, were running. I've changed my mind on the Al situation. I'm just going to drop him so I can catch up quicker. Okay, you drop Al. Do you also drop the briefcase? No, no, I'm keeping the briefcase. Okay, so you grab Al, you pick Al up, you drop him back onto the ground after maybe breaking his neck with a backhanded slap. I don't you take think his suitcase I and you run away. For that, there's no way I broke his neck. Yeah, he's his neck's probably not broken, but Splash. he might wake up with a bit of a headache. You know what? If it is, um, who cares? He's an evil, evil man. Yeah. If Al was there, he'd be giving him a boot in the ribs. <laughs> okay, so you grab his briefcase and you start running to the main gate, leaving town. Mordecai and Val, you're standing there at the city gate. The gate is closed. There are some guards that are like in front of it, but they are passed out. You've been there for a few minutes now, and you can hear very brisk steps making their way to you. And you look down the street, and you can see the form of Giovanni running towards you. And in his hand is a briefcase. While we were waiting there, uh, could I convert some sorcery points just to prepare? <laughs> How long does it take you to do that? Uh, you can do it as a bonus action. Yeah, okay, yeah, you certainly do that. Okay, I'm going to burn two sorcery points to get two more slots back. Just psych myself up. It's like, oh, we're probably going to die, but that's okay. We're, oh. Is that Geo? Geo! I've got a briefcase. I've got a briefcase. I've got a briefcase. It's from Al. It's from Al. Al. <laughs> Where's Al? Uh, I, I was going to bring him over here, but he is much heavier than a gnome, so I just tossed him unceremoniously <laughs> upon the ground. Good. Huh. Yeah, sounds about right. We'll catch we'll catch up with him later. Yeah, I took his dagger. Does anyone want it? I no, mean, it's all right. Yeah, I got a crowbar. I'm good. All right, two daggers for me. Is there anything remarkable about this dagger? Like, is it uh, cool looking? Um, it looks very practical. Oh, that's not what I wanted. Like an ornate, evil bad like guy a dagger. Stiletto. Yeah, there's nothing. It's not oozing red blood. It's uh, it's just, it's a normal dagger. It looks like it has been built more for functionality than it is for aesthetics. Oh, f My name's Al. I carry around practical weapons as well as being able to cast magic. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, he doesn't well, need magical weapons if he has magic. Shall we open this case? Yes. Well, one second, one second. Can I check the briefcase for traps? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I was just going to smash it open. Like if there's some sort of mechanism where we pop it open and all of a sudden we're all poisoned. Is detect traps a thing in D&D &D V5? Well, I mean, it's just like sleight of hand or survival or something to look around for or an investigation even to see if you can like notice anything that's not normal. Okay. Uh, you will roll a wisdom check. Interesting. Wisdom. Can I roll something out of two? Because I'm, I'm poking around at you know a little bit. What if you like only one person can really work on a trap at a time? 
Oh, so it is so so it is a trap. <laughs> Why don't you give me the help action? If someone is trying to unlock something or trying to detect for traps, only one person can really work on it, especially if it's something this size. Maybe okay, if it was something okay. larger, you could do something together. But at this point, it only makes sense if you want to detect a trap that only one person would roll for it. I'll roll for it if you want to help me by just keeping your eyes out. Sure. Rolling. I got an 11. Okay, so you kind of look over the case, the briefcase. You notice that there is kind of like what appears to be a locking mechanism, like where a key would go uh, in order to unlock this. It is sealed completely shut. There is no way that you could look through the cracks of it or anything. It, it has been sealed airtight. But you cannot see anything that explicitly looks like a trap to you. Can we tell what it is made out of? The case? The case itself. Is it just leather? Yeah, it's leather, but it's been reinforced with some metal joints around the edges, especially around the part where the two sides of the briefcase connect with each other, but also on each of the corners of this case. It looks like a pretty sturdy case. Hey, I have a crazy idea. I want to take Al's dagger and see if it fits in the lock. <laughs> hmm. That's one way to well, he unlock didn't, something is break the lock. Well, no, he didn't have a he didn't have a key on him when I searched. He didn't have a key on him when I searched him, or at least I don't think he did. He just had this dagger, and it seems like a very practical tool, which is that that doesn't seem very owl to me. So maybe it's uh, the secret to unlocking this briefcase. At least at least Jimmy the lock, anyways. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you try to stick the dagger into the keyhole, and you kind of squiggle it around, but. Only the tip of the dagger will fit in there because it's a keyhole and you have a dagger that you are just shoving into it. It does not turn. It is not a key. That's okay. I'm going to break the lock open. How do you do that? Uh, I'm going to drop the dagger to the ground and take out my longsword and smash at it as best as I can. Okay. All right. Uh, are you smashing it with like the pommel of your sword or are you just smashing it like you're cutting into this case? <sighs> I want to cut into it. Uh, guys, what do you think? If it's leather, why don't you just drag the dagger across the top of the case where the leather is and cut it open? I feel like poison is going to spray out if I do that. Well, keep your head to the left. <laughs> just a hunch. Um, Hold your breath. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to slice it open with my sword because the long sword will keep me further away. If you get poisoned, can't you just use those fancy gauntlets to suck it back out? I don't think I can get poisoned. Oh, there you go. No worries. Go for it. Yeah. I'm going to back up about five feet. Yeah, me too. All right, I'm going for it. Is that just an attack roll? Yep. Doing a two-hander. All right. 15. Okay, you smash into it. You take a sizable chunk out of the top of this briefcase. It doesn't <laughs> explode or anything, but it doesn't open either. Well, that's only partial of my attack, because I actually get to attack twice. <laughs> well, why didn't you just do that the first... Okay, you just go ahead. Well, you just seem so excited. I'm sorry. For uh, 17 flavor. for 14 damage. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. You hit it again, uh, you smash into it. Are you also going to try and <laughs> strike it with your... Oh, my God. Yes, yes, that's a 15 uh, that they have to <laughs> attempt to survive. Throws it up in the air and just, like, checks for, it. For nine, for nine cold damage. So, altogether, 28 plus 9, 27 Jumps damage. off the ropes. Yeah, okay, so you smash... I like how you use it. You were using your longsword in order to keep yourself further away from the case in case it exploded. Yeah, but then I got angry. And, but then you shoveled into it. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, so you smashed this briefcase uh, three times. One, two, and then you shove into it with your shoulder. And you hear a click noise as you shove into it. 
But before anything can happen, the briefcase just turns to ice. Oh, cool. Uh, that should mean it's more fragile now. Is it in the air? Pommel strike. Or is it no, in- it's on the ground. All right, I want to pommel strike it to break it open. Okay. Is that a, a sword attack or a strength roll? Uh, I'm going to say it's a strength roll with like a 1d4 damage to it. Oh, 11. Okay, you use your pommel to smash into this frozen briefcase, or at least this briefcase that has like frost all over it. And it clicks and opens. Oh, no way. Nice. What's inside? Poison. Oh, man, that thing took a lot of abuse. Yeah, whoever made that briefcase did a good job. Louis Vuitton. (laughs) (laughs) It says Hans. Uh, No. (laughs) Louis Vuitton. The case opens. And the three of you peer over top of each other to kind of look inside the briefcase that is lying disheveled on the street. And sitting there, in the middle of the briefcase, is a a glowing glowing yellow yellow crystal crystal large enough enough to fit in your hand. for listening to our podcast the next part will be coming out next wednesday if you're interested in hearing more about us please follow us on facebook instagram twitter anchor or patreon as late and legends a special thanks to our patrons this week aaron al dan dj seath ethan paula and kate if you're like these very special people and want to support our podcast join us over on patreon we'd love your help with that We'll see you next week.